Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you for listening in to our live broadcast. I want to remind you, if you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, feel free to let me know. You can contact me on my website, jasondemars.com, or you can send me an email, demjas at gmail.com. And we're going to continue on part three uh, on the book of Ephesians. And we'll be looking at verses, uh, well, we'll see how far we get. But we're starting at verse five. And um, there's, a lot, there's a lot here to unpack. So we're going we're gonna to do that. But first, before we do that, just want to remind you, you can go to our Go to my website, jasondemars.com, click on resources, and books uh, are completely free. Shipping is completely free. We're able to do this as the Lord provides. Thank you to the those who support the ministry that uh, enable us to do this, give this away for free. End Time Message Handbook, and it goes through uh, major topics regarding the message, I think it'll be a wonderful study. It's about 620 pages. Um, just something that you can use if there's a topic that comes on your mind that you want to study. Go ahead and look it up in the book. And you can read about it and it can start you studying. It's not meant to be like this is the definitive answer about everything. It's meant to be this is a study. Use it as a reference tool and start your own study. Start your own search through the scriptures and through the message. Um, the other book that we have, again, completely free. You can go to our website, The Mystery of the Malachi for Elijah. Uh, it tended to be teaching tool, but also an outreach tool. So if you, if you want to get a hold of that, you can do that as well. Completely free. To those listening overseas, there's only a few countries that America is currently shipping to. Because of COVID-19, lots of countries in Africa have their postal service, international postal service is shut down. So we're under, unable to send it to you in Africa, but we will save your order and send it to you in the future as the Lord provides. Uh, I think there's orders from India and Africa, uh, maybe a few other places that are not open now. But if you order from Australia, uh, United Kingdom, um, Canada, we are able to send it to you there. So appreciate that. And let's, with that said, let's look in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, and we'll read verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So the first word that we look there is predestination. Um, this speaks of God allotting our destiny beforehand. And we understand in the, from the previous verse, according as, as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So part of his choosing us as individuals before the foundation of the world is the fact that he predestines us. In other words, our destiny is fixed. What are we predestined for? Well, salvation, but ultimately we're predestined for 
a new body for the for the redemption of our body. So predest he predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Now this is a topic we want to look at. In English, adoption means taking a someone who is not your child and making them your child. However, scripturally this is different. Placing as sons. This is what that means. In ancient times, what they did was when when uh, an estate owner had a son, he grew up under tutors and governors. He was trained. He was taught in order to do run the family business. And then he, when he came of age, he was placed as a son. So then his name on the check was just as good as the father's name on the check. He was positionally placed as an adult, mature son. But in Romans chapter 8, we kind of see the big picture regarding adoption. So Romans 8 and verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of huiothesia, adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Here we have the spirit of adoption that we receive when we're born of the spirit. All right? But then we... we get that clearer as we go on. Uh, verse 22, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. So we have the first fruits of the Spirit, or the Spirit of adoption. Even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption. So we're waiting. Here Paul shows we have received the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We have that in our life. But we're still waiting for something. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. What is the redemption of our body. It's when this vile body is changed and made like unto Jesus Christ's glorified body. So the ultimate thing that we're predestinated for, our destiny, is a new body like Jesus' glorified body. That is what this is speaking about. Predestinated unto the adoption, our full and final placing as sons happens when we receive that new body. Amen. And we're predestinated to it. We're chosen to it before the foundation of the world. Now I want to point out something. God is omniscient. He knows all things from eternity to eternity. He knows everything that happens everywhere to every creature that's ever ever been and ever will be. He knows everything, every detail. God cannot change. In other words, God, any thought that God has had, He's always had it. So yes, He chose us before the foundation of the world, but, but the fact is, God's purpose, as we'll find here, 
is eternal. So that means there's no beginning and no ending to it, and he can't have a new thought. So the thought that he had regarding you is eternal. And God's aren't, thoughts aren't just like a, 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 a blueprint on a piece of paper. But God's thoughts are eternal, they're real, and they're a part of him. Therefore, we can look at this and conclude that our life as sons, any son, comes from the life of their father. Therefore, our eternal life, our eternal life that we have, was in God for eternity. We were a part, we are a part of his life. No, we didn't exist as a human being for all eternity. That life force that was in us, that is in us, was in God originally. That life that's in our soul, the gene, it's, we would call it the genes, genetics of God, the DNA of God is there within our inner man. No, it's not our flesh. No, it's not our mind, but it's in our soul. And this, this predestination to adoption, what is it? It's according to the good pleasure of his will. It was his delight. It is his delight to choose us and bring us to adoption. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted to the beloved. So his choosing of us unto this new body and fixing our destiny beforehand, it is done to the praise of the glory of his grace. We fallen sinners who deserving of hell, yet God by his grace, in order to have the praise of the glory of his grace, he chose us. And he made us accepted in the beloved. Who's the beloved? Jesus Christ. So we're made acceptable in Christ. Not in ourself. Not in our own doing. Not even in our own position in Christ. No. We're made accepted because of Jesus Christ. Again, we're made accepted in him. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption. Redemption means to be bought back. We originally were in Christ before the foundation of the world, and we became fallen, lost sons. So Christ, through his blood, buys us back, redeems us back, to God. We receive that redemption, but we also receive forgiveness of sins. It means He wipes out our sins. He doesn't consider them as part of us being His enemy anymore. We are forgiven according to what the riches of His grace. Think about that. God is rich. 
the Bible says everything belongs to him. He, he is he is the completeness. He is everything. He is all. And his riches, spill, uh, the riches of his grace spill over to us. My, how beautiful, how thankful, how grateful we should be. His grace is rich towards us. Verse 8, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. He's abounded He's overflowing. His, his wisdom and prudence is overflowing to us. My, He doesn't just forgive us. He doesn't just give us His grace. He doesn't just place us as sons in a close relationship and fellowship with Him. He also abounds towards us in wisdom and prudence. You know, these, this, is, this is the mind of God being given to us His wisdom, His prudence. Having made known unto us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Himself. He, so He made known the mystery of His will. He revealed the mystery, truth, to us of what he's done for us and who we are in him. He made known to us the things that he's done, that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that he's predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, that we are, our destiny is fixed. Having received the spirit of adoption, we know that this is the earnest that we will ultimately receive that new body. The earnest that you're going in the rapture is that you receive the Holy Ghost. And he made known to us these mysteries according to his good pleasure. Again, we see that again, his pleasure. God is joyful. God delights in himself. He delights in his purpose. He delights in the plan that he has for us. How much should we delight in his plan the good pleasure which he purposed. He purposed it in himself. Himself is a singular personal pronoun. He didn't purpose it in a trinity of three different people. God is one person, revealed in three different ways, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the plan of redemption, God took on three, God, one person, took on three different masks. He played three different roles in the history of redemption. But he's one person. He purposed, he counseled with himself. He didn't counsel with anyone. Who, who has known the mind of the Lord that he would be his instructor? God himself purposed these things in himself according to what pleased him. In other words, God's will is free. God's purpose is free. There was no outside force forcing him to choose us. It was his pleasure to do this. It was his pleasure to reveal his will to us. It was his pleasure to predestinate us. Amen. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, 
please let me know. Be glad to get back to you and, and lift these things to the Lord. And once again, may the Lord richly bless you.